The series that we are in right now, the last number of weeks, a couple weeks to go, um, is totally in sync with this whole Alpha thing because Bless is the name of the series that we're in, and it's about sharing our faith with people. It's about practical and natural, normal ways, not weird ways, to, to just share faith and to just care about people and build relationships with them. Now, if you haven't been with us the past month, um, give you a quick rundown on this. Hundreds of churches from our denomination, the Evangelical Covenant Church, hundreds of churches are using this uh, acronym, BLESS, and each uh, letter stands for a different way that we can reach out and show kindness and love to other people. There's simple, natural ways to share our faith. Uh, There's no sales pressure. There's no sales pitch. Uh, There's no bullhorn on the corner. Um, None of that stuff. We're, We're just looking at natural ways to share uh, the love of Jesus with people that don't yet know him. And so the series is called Bless, and each letter in the word, in the word bless stands for a different way that we bless people. And the first one um, that we went through the first week, the B is for begin with, begin with prayer. Here, let's see if you can guess what the second one. If you've been around, the L was for... Oh, you guys are bright. Oh, it's right up there already. Okay. Uh, how about this? The E last week was about... Eating, yes. Um, Jesus did this all the time, right? Jesus ate with people. He shared meals with people, particularly people that the rest of society looked down on. And, and sharing a meal together, it's a great way to build relationship, to practice uh, hospitality, and to care for people um, in deep ways. And today's service is brought to you by the letter S, which stands for... Serve. You guys are good. You guys are good. You're cheating and look at the bulletin insert, but that's okay. Um, now, some people would probably look at this and go, wait a minute, what does serving have to do with sharing our faith? Um, what does serving have to do with um, evangelism, which is another word for sharing our faith, you know? D- does serving people, does that even count? Like, you know, no, no, does, does that real, like serving, would that count as evangelism? I mean, aren't we supposed to you know, preach at people and quote lots of scripture until they feel really bad and say, okay, I give up, right? Um, You know, how does serving work when it comes to evangelism or telling others about Jesus? Well, kind of my lead into that was a phrase from Romans chapter 2, verse 4, where it says that the kindness of God, it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. It's not the condemnation of God. It's not the heavy-handedness of God. It's his kindness that leads us toward repentance, which simply just means to turn a different direction, right? To, to make a 180 and go a different direction. That's what repentance is. It's just turning around. And it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. And a, a powerful force is released in the lives of people when kindness is shown to them. Even a small thing, uh, in a practical way, which could look like you or I serving someone in a very seemingly even small way, but God uses those acts of kindness, those acts of service to change hearts. If we look at the life of Jesus, we'll see where he also talked about the importance of serving in his own life, his own ministry. Here's what he said in Mark chapter 10. Let's read this out loud together. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. The Son of Man is a way that Jesus, one of his favorite ways of referring to himself. And he says here that he didn't come to be served. He came to 
serve others. He came to serve others. And all through his ministry, all through his life, Jesus demonstrated that that serving is the way to minister to other folks. It is a primary way to minister to others. Um, And here's the quote, people don't care about our agendas unless they know that we get them as people and that we care and that we are committed to their well-being because what people want are authentic relationships. That's what people want. Not to be someone's agenda, right? You know what it's like to be like someone's project or to be an agenda item on somebody's list? You know what that feels like? Um, I, I had lunch with a friend of mine, a guy from my Frank list this week. Um, you guys remember, again, what was last week's? Uh, yeah, the Frank list. And what, were, what was our assignment to do in the bless? It was the eat. Yes. Now, if you didn't eat together with somebody, you can still, it's not too late. You can still invite somebody for a meal the next couple of weeks. But I figured if I preached it, I better get up and do this, right? So I did, and uh, um, he... Uh, he and I met up, and we hadn't really haven't seen each other for quite a while. Um, he's an old pedicab friend from my days in Minnesota, if you heard some of those stories last week. And so we just connected, had a great time talking, uh, listening, checking, catching up on what's going on in, in his life. And, and then when it was time to wrap up and get back to work, um, and I said, all right, man, I got to head out. I got a meeting I got to get to. He, um, he, he's like, hey, you know, I have to admit something to you. I I was kind of worried when you called. I was kind of wondering, like, if you had an agenda. (laughs) And he said, thanks for reaching out. Like, I have to be honest, Doug, when you texted, I I don't know. I I thought, is he going to try to sell me something? You know, like uh, Gold Canyon Candles or, right? (laughs) You know, Amway or Mary Kay or Avon. Is there still Avon ladies out there? Yeah, okay. Um, I don't think I'd make a very good Avon lady, but... um, but he was just grateful, right? He was just grateful that I didn't have an agenda. I just wanted to reconnect and eat together and just listen. And, and friends, if we, one of the things I think we need to make sure we do when we connect with people that are on our heart, that they are far from God, is we don't force an agenda and try to look for our opening to just hit them with some scripture verse, right? Um, it's not about having an agenda. We just have genuine relationships with people, because we care about people, because we love people. That's what it's about, not an agenda. It's a just genuine relationship. And by the way, as I say this, I think about maybe some of the folks that are in the room here today or listening to the podcast, and, and maybe you are listening today, and you are not somebody that would say that you're a follower of Jesus. You're not sure about the you know, faith thing. Um, and I just want to say to you, if that's you, we are so glad that you are here we're so glad you're here. We're so glad that you're spending this time with us on a Sunday morning. And I'm, I'm guessing because what usually happens when somebody comes to visit is they come through the doors or they tune into the podcast and they're looking for something. Maybe they're looking to feel like a sense of belonging somewhere. Um, maybe they just want to know more about God. Maybe you've come here. Maybe this is you and you've come because you've got a difficult situation in your own life story and you're wondering if God might have something for you or maybe he'll speak to you in some way. Maybe you're just checking out this whole you know, church or Jesus thing. You're kind of dipping your toe in to see what this deal is like. And for whatever reason you're here today, I'm so glad that you came. I'm really glad that you are here and that you've been here this morning. We love it when people come to hope. Um, but... Just let me say this after I've been talking about kind of um, 
how we bless people, how we want to share our faith as a church. That might sound a little odd to some folks that are new, because if you're here and you're not yet a follower of Jesus, or you don't know if this is the faith you want to pursue yet, and maybe you'll hear me talking about ways that Christians want to share our faith, um, I don't want you to feel, if that's you, I don't want you to feel like a target. Like the reason that I'm talking to the people of hope in our church, the folks that follow Jesus, about the importance of sharing our faith with other people is because we want you and we want the people in our lives that don't know Jesus yet, we want you to know that you are loved by God. Like Jesus loves you deeply just as you are just as you are. There's nothing you could do to boost it up and make God love you any more than he already does. He already fully loves you. There's nothing you could do that would make God love you any less. He loves you as you are. He loves you, and we want you to know that. And the reason we're talking here at Hope about sharing our faith is that, like, imagine it this way. If you had a loved one, um, and, and you, your loved one had a sickness. Maybe they had a disease of some sort. Uh, and there was somebody that lived next door or worked next door or even in your family or went to school with you. This other person knew there was a cure for that disease that your loved one had. But instead of sharing the cure, they stayed quiet because they didn't want to risk hurting anybody's feelings or risk offending someone. And so you never found out about the cure to your loved one's disease from somebody that could have just shared it with you. And wouldn't that be really sad? That would be really, really sad. If there was a cure, you'd want to know about it. And so we believe here that, that, that following Jesus is truly the best way to live. That the, that the love of God is the cure for our sin, for our loneliness, for our shame, we believe that, that the good news of Jesus' love is something that, that we want to share with other people. And we don't want to do it in a way that's pushy or aggressive or demanding. And if you've experienced that kind of Christian before, I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. If somebody's been pushy or demanding or condemnational or judging or damaging or hurtful, I just want to say this to you. If you've experienced that, that's not the heart of God. He, he's not like that. He's not like that. And, and as a pastor, I want to apologize to you on behalf of people who have misrepresented faith in Jesus uh, in whatever pushy or arrogant or argumentative way that you've experienced. And because we know that's out there, we want you to know that hope is a safe environment for you to explore faith. There's no hidden agenda here, right? There's no hidden agenda. You can be somebody who is accepted and belongs to this family even before you've decided whether or not you believe in Jesus. Uh, Pastor Jim recently said, you can belong before you even believe here, right? Yeah, and nobody's going to argue with you or try to manipulate you. This is, a, this is a safe place, and we are admittedly not perfect people. It says so on the sign right outside, right? It's fair warning, okay? Um, but we love Jesus, and if you don't know Jesus or you're just checking this place out, we're really glad you're here. We hope that you hang out. We hope that you experience God's love by being here with us. So, all right, let me shift back here into this message on serving, um, and I want to talk about why serving, serving is central to being a follower of Jesus. 
um, and how we show love to other people. And I just want to look at a story that many of you have probably heard before, but I'm going to read a story from John uh, chapter 13, where Jesus teaches us how it really looks to love and live and that value is found in serving others. So John chapter 13, it'll be up on the screen, verse 1, it was... Just before the Passover festival, Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father, and having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. I'll pause for a moment. The context is, right as Jesus is about to be betrayed, which he knows is coming, which will then put him on a cross, um, this is what happens. He's having a meal with his disciples. Verse 2, the evening meal was in progress. And the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God. He was returning from God, so, because he knew all that and was secure in that, right? So he got up from the meal. He took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Now, just pause for a moment here. Um, back in that day when Jesus was here, these, there were no paved roads. They were very dusty roads. Um, these roads were shared with animals, so it was not just dusty dirt. There was also all kinds of uh, wonderful um, stuff that they would step in, and they wore sandals, so your feet would get nasty walking out there. And so when you were a guest in someone's home, um, what would happen, customarily, what would happen is that there would be a servant of the house that when you came in, just as a part of the greeting, they would wash your feet. It would be a servant or a slave that would do this. But, but the disciples, if you have heard the story before, they had to go find a place because none of them lived here. They went and borrowed a place to have this meal. But apparently none of them thought of, you know, the whole foot washing part. So they get in there and apparently they must have just went ahead and all sat down with their dirty feet because they were all like, well, who was supposed to get the foot washer? Right? Like, I ain't going to do it. Me, I'm not going to do it. Now, fine, we'll just go sit down and let our feet stink, okay? So Jesus sees this. This is consistent with so many ways that he's talked to them about being a servant, right? <laughs> and, and they still didn't get it. And so he strips down the robe he was wearing, down to what a servant would have worn, and he then takes the position of a slave and washes their feet. Now, skip down to verse 12. We'll continue reading. After washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked, do you understand what I'm doing? Do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord. And you're right. That's who I am, right? I'm, I'm not a servant. I'm, uh, he is a servant, but I'm the teacher. I am the Lord. You look up to me. But verse 14, he says, since I, your teacher and your Lord, have washed your feet, you need to wash each other's feet. What I just did, I've given you an example to follow. I love these words. Do as I have done to you. I tell you the truth. He says, slaves, they're not greater than their masters, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. Now, are we supposed to all go wash each other's feet, literally. is this, There's some um, faith traditions that have made this a sacrament, just like communion. And I, I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, 
But I think the message goes even deeper than just washing each other's feet in a literal way because Jesus is talking about serving others. And here in this story, Jesus takes up a towel. He demonstrates what true greatness really is. And as he washes his disciples' feet, he reveals the core identity of being a servant. You can look in Philippians 2 for more on that this week if you want. But then Jesus, after he washes their feet, demonstrates that he's a servant. He says this, those of you that call yourselves followers of Jesus, disciples, followers of Jesus, you need to follow my example. And that's why you and I, if we say we're followers of Jesus, we look for ways to serve others in humility. See, that's what a follower of Jesus, a Christian, looks like. Jesus says here, I've given you an example to follow. And the word here in the Greek is much stronger, the word that is translated example, it's actually stronger than that. It's, it's maybe better translated, now that I've given you a pattern for living. Jesus has demonstrated a pattern for living. And so what's happening here is not just Jesus going, hey, y'all need to have clean feet when you're in here, right? You know, kick off the shoes when you come in the house and wash your feet because they stink. This is not a hygiene deal, right? Jesus isn't concerned so much about their hygiene or, you know, it's not like, like we would be like, hey, you need to brush your teeth every day. You do, that's fine, but that's not his primary concern, right? What Jesus is saying here is that he has called us, called them, called us, to demonstrate a radical way of life, a way of life that's marked by serving others without hesitation or without viewing certain tasks as beneath us. You ever see something, you go, oh, wow, I don't want anybody to see me doing that. That would be kind of, you know. Um, Jesus is saying, no, no, nothing's beneath us when we're serving other people. This is not about having a title or earning respect. This is not about having a position or hierarchy. We're not climbing the ladder of achievement or success. We're not trying to achieve some status. Um, no, no, no. As followers of Jesus, when we are secure in what he says is true of us, then we can let go of all that stuff and we can learn to serve. I think of our, and Troy didn't know I was gonna do this, so I think of our worship leader, Troy. Troy is amazing at being a servant leader. He, he is the best, one of the best guitar players on this side of town. He's a fantastic musician, right? But you see that he's a servant leader because he will serve us by leading worship on Sunday morning. But he will also, when needed or if needed, he'll play guitar behind someone else leading worship. Or he'll play bass. Or he's played drums. Um, he'll run sound. He'll do lights. He'll do He will go in anywhere because he doesn't care. <laughs> he just wants to see Jesus worshiped and he'll do whatever it takes. Uh, holy cow, we have people like that all over Hope as well. We have so many of you that serve in so many ways um, lots of times what you do is unseen. And see, this is, again, this is just demonstrating what Jesus invites us to, right? He, he invites us to learn to serve out of hearts of love, not out of guilt, not out of obligation. No, no, hearts of love. We just want to follow Jesus in this. We really believe that this is going to result in freedom by me just serving and trusting God with the rest. And Jesus did that with his disciples, and especially in this foot washing deal. What's cool is that the way of life that Jesus called them to and calls us to, it's stuck 
right? It stuck. You look ahead in the early church, and they were known as people that loved and served others out of love. It's one of the main reasons that the church exploded and grew the way that it did in the early days. It's one of the primary reasons that the church even got noticed when you look back in history books. Um, One example is late in the fourth century, there's an opponent of Christianity. He was the Roman emperor at the time. <laughs> the uh, Catholics dubbed him Julian the Apostate. So I don't think that was his like, given name, right? Um, I thought that was funny. So You get that? Thank you, Jim. Julian the Apostate. Yeah, Julian was the emperor, and he chastised his pagan priests. So the priests in Rome, uh, he chastised them for not keeping up with these Christians in the way that the Christians were serving people. Here's here's a quote from history books of what he said. He said, I think that when the poor happened to be neglected and overlooked by the priests, these impious Galileans, which is what he called the Christians, they observed this being overlooked, and they devoted themselves to benevolence. These impious Galileans support not only their own poor, but ours as well. Everyone can see that our people lack aid from us. And basically, the Roman emperor, this pagan emperor, was amazed at how the Christians would serve each other, and and they even served people who weren't Christians. And so the emperor is scolding these pagan priests for not doing a better job of looking out for the poor, because as a result, the Christians are looking after the poor, and the poor are becoming Christians themselves. See, this way of life, it's stuck, and it continues right here at Hope. We want to have a reputation for being a community in which people serve each other, we serve each other, and we serve outside the walls of our church as well. And this has been in the DNA of our history as a church here at Hope. And we want this next season for us to grow deeper into that that culture of service to others. And again, we do this as individuals, right? But we we also do it as a church. See, as a church, we're looking for ways. We are on the lookout for ways, and we're listening and praying for ways for us as a church, as the Hope family, to partner in loving and serving people in practical ways. That's why we do things like the food drives for Matthew's Crossing. That's why we do the other outreaches that we do. That's, that's why we are joining with the city of Chandler and other organizations on Saturday, October 26th. We're going to go out and serve with Uh, Different organizations, we're going to be the church and go out and serve our city. We're going to pitch in in places that the city goes, hey, we really could use someone to pay attention to this area or to clean up this person's yard or this elderly person's getting code violations. We need stuff like that, right? So we're going to go be the church and serve in these places where there is need. in the past, we've served at our schools, and currently Stacy and Heidi and, and, and Shelly are talking with leaders of an organization that, that helps churches like ours forge healthy partnerships with local schools. And we're excited when we get that fleshed out a little more to, to let you know how you can get involved in going and loving and serving with no strings attached. Because friends, we wanna ask the question, um, how can we wash the feet of others in our community? in our cities around us? Like, and how can we stand like Jesus did with the oppressed and with society's least and, and last? People that are discriminated against because of the color of their skin or where they were born or where someone thinks they were born. 
Friends, we want to be the hands and feet of Jesus and learn to serve in these places. That's what God's called us to do. Now, um, remember here, again, shift back over this, we're, we're talking about bless, right? About blessing the people around us and how we actually share our faith just through serving, through demonstrating the power of the love of Jesus to everyone. And when we serve other people, it's a a very practical way to bless. In fact, I love this simple phrase um, uh, that I saw a friend of mine put up. He said, serve, this is how we love. (laughs) Serve, this is is how we love, right? Love needs to take on an action for it to be experienced. Love has to take on an action for it to be love. And serve, this is how we love. And I think that's some good stuff right there. We serve other people. That's how we demonstrate love. It's also how we bless. And again, this is such a natural way for us to share our faith through serving. I think of um, Steve Shogren. He's a, you know what, I'm going to start with a um, quick story. I, before here, I worked at a ministry called Reconciled World, and some of you have heard some stories, but primarily our work was done in impoverished nations like Vietnam, and our goal when we were there was to go into places of poverty where there were some Christians and, and help them break the power of the lie. We didn't give them a bunch of money. We didn't give them any money, just training about what to do to just love people. And the biggest thing that's made an impact in these villages that are remote and impoverished is the teaching, hey, look for ways to do acts of love to your neighbors. And so in many of these villages, there are a handful of believers, and they have been only a handful of believers for decades and decades and decades, and the Christians are looked down on, and they're not educated, and they were very much kind of converter mentality, uh, but it wasn't working. (laughs) And when they began to bless and do acts of love, All over Vietnam, over a thousand villages have now come completely out of poverty. And most of them that were just a handful of Christians are now majority Christians. This wasn't done by somebody preaching gospel crusades and go. This was done by the local church embracing who we are by loving and serving the community around them in practical, practical ways. I think of a guy named Steve Shogren, a pastor in, I think it was the 90s, he um, was in Ohio, and uh, he, he connected the dots about serving and evangelism in a very powerful way. He, what he wanted to do was to reach out to the community around his church, around their city, but he knew that the door-to-door witnessing thing wasn't really effective and that nobody in his church really wanted to do that anyway. Um, and, and he also knew that, hey, unlike the days of the 70s and 80s, not a lot of people are just you know, showing up at church all the time in droves to hear about God. So they started something where they just went and did acts of love and it became known as servant evangelism. That was the phrase, servant evangelism. And all they did was look for simple, practical ways to serve people in the name of Jesus. They went to look for ways to demonstrate God's love to the folks around them with no strings attached. Right? It wasn't like when I was uh, in college and I had to go get a preaching credit for one of my classes, so I went and spoke at the local you know, mission where the homeless dudes would have to be tortured. I mean, sit through sermons by us young guys for 15, 20 minutes, and then they could eat. It wasn't that. There were no strings attached in this. Um, and so one of the things that I love, uh, I, I, I got to meet Steve, and really good man, and hosted him for a, a couple different weekends. But... Um, uh, he tells a story of how 
they would do a car wash. So the first person would stand out on the street and would say, free car wash. And then as people keep driving, there was another sign that said, no kidding, right? <laughs> so people would come in and they'd totally be skeptical. What, uh, what's the agenda here? No, none at all. Um, and they'd go, why are you doing this? Like, oh, I just, you know, just love serving people, love taking care of people. And if they pressed hard enough, they'd say, hey, we just, we just wanted to show people that God loves them in a, in a practical way, no strings attached. And people try to pay them and they go, no, 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 no. Um, look at that, a church that won't take money for something. Amazing. Um, he also went around and they cleaned toilets at local businesses. I mean, it was insane. They came up with so many different ways to, to just show people that God loves them in practical ways. And this movement that he started spread around the world. Um, and by the way, in their church alone, which they had the 37 people they started with, grew those folks were new believers. They weren't just like transferring from other churches. They were new to faith. It's amazing how serving others is effective and mirrors the heart of God. Now, let me say this real quick. Our goal here at Hope is not to become a mega church, right? We simply want to love and serve like Jesus loved and served. Uh, and, and I just can't wait to see what God puts into our hearts um, if there are specific ways that he calls us to love and serve people. And then if we start seeing people come to Jesus through that because they saw, someone came to Jesus because they saw the love of God in action through us. Um, I was a part of a, a church in town here where we started a new ministry and we didn't want to reach people that were already reached. And this was uh, over uh, at a church and our Sunday night service we started was called The Gathering. And one of the things we did was we looked for ways to meet practical needs. And so we'd go out to Mill Avenue um, on busy Friday or Saturday nights late, and we would um, hand out, I don't know, like 20 cases of water just for free to people. We'd just hand them out. And across the street from us was, have you guys seen the bullhorn guys that are down there, the street preachers that yell and are really fun to be around? Yeah. Um, they would set up across the street from us and it was interesting because I told our crew, I was like, hey, listen, you know, if somebody asks you three different ways, then you can maybe share a little bit of your faith with them. But that's not why we're out here. We're not trying to angle people. We're just, we just wanted to show people that, that Jesus loves them. We think, hey, if Jesus was out here, he'd be meeting some practical needs. And this seems fairly practical. It's hot on a weekend night. So, um, so there was no like, hey, all right, team, hand him a bottle of water and then try to witness it to, to him. That was not, that was not our deal. And one time I talked to the guys across the street, the street preacher, uh, bullhorn guys, and I, and I asked, how many people have you seen in your approach here uh, come to Christ? And they said, well, none, none. Um, but then they retorted uh, about the stupidity of water bottles, like, you guys think that people are going to come to Christ out of that? Um, and mostly I kept my mouth shut. But, um, but actually it happened, frequently happened. My favorite story is probably uh, there was a, a young couple that had been coming to our church for a while, and uh, he went through our new believer. They both went through our new believers class, and somebody said, "Hey, Doug, you got to meet this guy. You got to meet these guys. They they have a story to tell you." And so I meet these guys, and he's a he's doing his residency to become a become a doctor, and and he had no church background. His wife had kind of been semi Methodist, she said but they hadn't gone to church in years and never together, and, and now he wanted to get baptized. He'd received Jesus, he wanted to get baptized. And I, I said, wow, he goes, and the reason I'm here is that somebody handled, handed me a bottle of water 
on Mill Avenue. And that story happened again and again and again where we would hear of people. Lots of people would show up out of curiosity to see who these weird, you know, water hander outers were. Um, but it was so cool. When, when I've seen it demonstrated that when we demonstrate God's love unconditionally, no strings attached, when we serve people, um, we're reflecting the heart of God. See, God loves people unconditionally. He wants to draw them to his heart. Remember, it's his what that leads us to repentance? His kindness. He's drawing us to a change of heart. He's drawing others to a change of heart. And again, while I want us to look for ways for us to do this as a big group activity, I think that's good. But um, there's also people, I know many of you, who show kindness to people in Jesus' name in very practical ways. Um, there's a guy that I didn't ask, so I won't name him, but somebody who happens to make food for a living sometimes has extra food, and I know that he goes over to the park and just feeds homeless people regularly. No strings attached. He's not preaching him a message. He's just showing the love of Jesus. Um, and what about you? Like, what, what could you do? What in your life could you do to just serve someone? Whether you don't know them, or maybe even better, those of you that have been participating on the Frank list, uh, where we've written down the five folks that we're praying for, the friend, the R is for relative, the, is, the A is for acquaintance, um, the N for your neighbor, you're praying for C, your coworker, which is weird here at Hope. I was asking our staff, oh, which coworker are you praying comes to know Jesus? They're all praying for me. It's really strange. I don't, <laughs> but I'll take the prayer. But, but look for ways, someone on your Frank list, to, to, um, to serve them. And look for it this week. Worship team, will you guys come? So a simple, practical start, friends, to how you can bless someone this week. Look for somebody on your Frank list or someone that you know and just find a way to serve them this week. And there's some great suggestions in your bulletin insert as well. Because friends, um, when we serve someone in love, what we're doing is following the example of Jesus. When we serve someone, no strings attached, no hidden agenda, they might not know it, but they're beginning to experience the love of God in a tangible way. See, it's, again, serve. This is how we love. So who are you going to serve this week with no strings attached? And as the band leads this song, let God speak to your heart. Let him surface names or faces or someone that you could listen to, that you could share a meal with, that you could serve in a practical way.